my my FPL buy low, sell high. You know. <laughs> for, for, for this week for this week my my top tip is i think everyone should focus on players they think will get them the most points hi guys jack greenish here uh, delighted to say that i've signed a new deal which he accepted with one proviso <laughs> Fresh trainers call for a fresh approach to European away games. You know, let's just get this done with, get the boys in. Forget about this mess in right? Roll over the top of this Dutch opposition and get the hell out of there. What a performance that was. What a coasting session that was there. Yes. And, you know, maybe this is it. Like, I feel like the fringe players are now coming into their own as well. Bailey's absolutely flying. Helaman's looking really good. And I think it was easier for these boys, the boys who weren't starting, it was easier for them playing back in the days when the majority of our results were probably losses at the very start of the season. Newcastle, Liverpool, Warsaw. It was easier for those boys to say, why the fuck am I not this team? But you just go on a roll with this team. You beat everybody that's in front of you since then. And then those boys sober up very quickly and they realised I need to do something. Shrop though to get back in this team and they're all doing it they're all coming to the fore <laughs> I think we might have watched two different matches Colin <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe it's just the, the Thursday evening lassitude weariness fatigue but I remember looking at the clock at around the 59th minute and thinking I don't think a team has ever had a less deserving 4-0 lead <laughs> I, I think we might have actually scored every shot we had, except for Leon Bailey's bend that fell straight to Watkins and he knocked it in. But like I know, I know, like I always say, though, you know, if you get the ball on target against Matt Ryan, you'll score more times than you miss, four times more, in fact. But like, I, I, I don't think I've ever come away from a game that I won four one and thought, phew, I think we got away with one there. We were playing really, we were playing so poorly that when Dougie was being brought off for Zaniolo, my immediate reaction was, what the fuck? Like, we can't bring off Dougie. We were 4-1 up and rested our best player, but I felt uncomfortable. And it's not like I want to talk about it's not like I want to talk about the Ireland Greece game ever again, but one of the things oh, that was annoying on. us about that was how bad we were playing, how fearful we were against that utterly inept Greece side. I mean, I think I think they actually ran or passed the ball straight out of play about five times, but at no point did the Ireland team think Maybe we can be a bit more adventurous against these lads. And do, and do you know who couldn't make that Greece team? Pavlidis, Aston Villa's fucking tormentor in chief tonight. And it, and it, and and isn't it just as well that Azez's best player is a lad who can't make a team that I want Shane Duffy, Alan Brown, and Josh Cullen to take a few more risks against? I am banned any more future references of. Ireland v Greece at the Aviva Stadium in October 2023. It's over. No more. But you need an attitude readjustment because yeah. not only have Aston Villa gone away in European football and won 4 1 and ran up a 4 0 scoring, this is the group stages in the Europa Conference League. I feel like your expectations are higher than they should be. My hopes going into this game is that it is not tolling, it doesn't the players tax free basically <laughs> go in 
just just go in and get the result and get on there. We'll worry about the the scintillating stuff later. We'll worry about putting it all together later. Let's just get through this dodgy bloody group that we're in <laughs> and get out of there. And let's not get any injuries. And let's just get on to Luton on Sunday because we've got a manager. I don't know if you notice. We've got a manager who before this match said, and I quote, my dream is to play Champions League and win it. I will fight for my dreams always. We've got a goalkeeper who said before the game, and I quote, I believe since day one I will lead this club one day to silverware or the Champions League. This is a group of players who are thinking about the big time. This is a group that are looking to go the whole way to the top and if if the performance in the group stage of the conference league isn't exactly where you want it to be, I'm happy enough with us. Let's let's just bring the performance back up again for Sunday. Oh, Conan, don't get me wrong. That's exactly what I want to happen as well. <laughs> and it is great that they said that, and it is great that we were able to rotate or take off most of our players tonight. So they can drop or not, or take them off at some stage during the evening. That's amazing. And for us to be sitting here looking up Zrinsky versus Legia Warsaw updates when I'm sitting waiting for you to start the bloody podcast. You know, that's a great place to be. That's exactly where I want to be as an Aston Villa fan, desperately checking how many points clear we're going through in this group. If we are going to have the What the Fuck Award, do like the Lifetime Performance Award for this game, has to go to Pobrachari Kamara. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe this is the beauty of, of, of going so strong in these matches as well. I made it seven players, six out three players that were starters in, in the Villa team regularly on the pitch from the start today and, and maybe maybe this is good because just get it out of your way now you're a little classic and somebody hits a terrible shot before the game oh get it in the way now don't bring it forward to match itself maybe it's good that tomorrow while we're 1-0 2-0 4-0 up against AZ Alkmaar that he, he's getting them all out of the way now hopefully we don't see a repeat of that at the weekend yeah, it was it was very very strange. Um, there was one particularly bad one where he was just waddling on the ball, and he must have thought that young fella from Wilderspins had wandered off to the bar to get a bass, but he was fucking fishing at the edge of our box. And <laughs> luckily, luckily, the most shared action shot in world football is is Emmy Martinez shutting down Colo Muani in the World Cup final, and fucking Pavlidos was undoubtedly seen that and was undoubtedly aware of that when he was bearing down in goal, and he tried to whip it into the top corner. And yeah. luckily, he's not the type of player that can do that because he can't make the grease team. <laughs> Let's go through the goals. So we've got five to run through, and the first one is our boy Leon Bailey. And if I was giving out fines, if I was the sort of person to give out a fine of a Thursday night, and you know I'm not. You know, I don't like doling out WhatsApp wins his fines midweek, but Elon Bailey would be getting a fine for what happened 10 seconds before. <laughs> Hitting the ball unnecessarily out of play, and he flicked it out as well. And at this stage, I was thinking, this is the problem with this Aston Villa. I met more in these matches. Remember I talked before about Dougie Dory, he's just trying these long shots. In the, the conference league and the begin shot really and boys just going on vibes because they feel like they can of a Thursday night. Leon Bailey, it, it, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do what he tried to do to get that ball to Dean 
in any other scenario other than the conference league. I don't want to sound like Jacob Ramsey here, like I'm really beaten down the conference <laughs> He's like, what these boys are expecting? But we're Ian Bailey normally, especially if you get the chance in a Premier League match, just takes out touch and passes the ball to look at the instead. He just did a look at him, tried to slick it out, no idea where he was, it went out for a throw in unnecessarily. But seconds later, he, he did get it. He got a free interception from a bad Kamara pass. <laughs> Deflected right into Bailey's pass and foot finish is actually really nice. Just drills it onto the ground. Great zip off the ground or along the ground and it's away from the keeper. It's just a, just a nice finish. And it's, it is per minute, this guy is racking up serious numbers this season. Jesus, yeah, and ju- just to just to clarify something there, J- JJ was saying calm down. It's only the Conference League because he's also got ambitious of going to to the Champions League. Yeah. But uh, it was so <laughs> it was so strange that Leon Bailey didn't shoot initially. Like he definitely had the option there. I suspect he just didn't fancy it on his weaker left foot. And I would actually love to have seen a replay of what happened. What in the name of God happened when he was trying to play that to? To look at him, looks like he's back heeled it, but the ball's gone forward somewhere. It's absolutely ridiculous. Maybe it's hit off his standing leg or something, but it looked bizarre. And then it's brilliant from Watkins to win it back, and Dougie Dougie moves it quickly. And I only really remember that because it was the first time we had done it today. And sure enough, immediately after that, Kamara slows it down, and he's he's too late to release the ball. I mean, you know, you've got problems if Matt Cash is moving quicker across twenty yards of grass than your neurotransmitters are moving across twenty nanometers of your synaptic cleft. And anyway, we get lucky with a deflection, and you know, Leon manipulates manipulates the ball well and gets the spank away really well. But it's about two metres from the post when it goes in, but luckily it only needs to be two inches from Matt Bryan to give it a chance. <laughs> the beauty of the Leon Bailey right foot thing, we sort of leaned into the joke a little bit, it's that it's actually true. When you say he's weaker left foot, it would take me about five seconds to realise that's a joke. Because you're like, <laughs> I believe this right foot is better because so much happens on his right foot, but that's testament in him, all joking aside, that actually so much stuff happens on his right foot. And the technique in the finish was great just to use Matt Ryan that way to get the ball away from him. So <laughs> the second goal, it's, it's John McGinn cutting it out. It's a, it's a terrible pass across. I've never seen somebody deliberate over such a bad option for so long and so <laughs> obviously in all my life. And eventually he tries to play it. He plays it really badly. Towards the right back, McGinn on the left. McGinn on the left is a real feature of our European football. And uh, he cuts it out. And it's a really nice ball into Tillemans. It's a nice whipping pass into him. It's a nice finish in Tillemans if we're being, being critical. Did he try to lose a ball with a couple of touches? <laughs> he, touched, <laughs> he touched it was right off his left and showed a bit of composure to get back over the ball or let the ball come back in front of him and then finish it properly. But yeah, he got there then. Yeah, that young flow must have had a heavy night in Mullerspins because it's absolutely a dreadful giveaway to, to McGinn. And it's it's an absolutely it's an absolutely brilliant ball from McGinn. I actually think Telemans does well. He gets lucky, but he does do well to sort it out after the half interception just before it arrives at his feet. And then it's a lovely finish. I mean, Matt Ryan does well to get off the line, but he, he forgets you're not really narrowing the angle if the attacker can hit the ball straight in front of himself and it still rolls on the empty net. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. 
And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. During the West Ham game, we had a nomination for the Paul Merson. Nah, that's just filthy award. It was Watkins' touch to Leon Bailey. Even... In isolation, if you take out the goal that followed, Watkins' touch here of his chest to Telemans is just filthy. It is the winner of the That's Just Filthy Award. Nicolo Zaniolo tried. He tried his damn hardest when he came off. <laughs> Trying to make his left, right, and center to take that honor off Watkins. But just a lovely touch down to Telemans. He's, he's getting off, he got off Watkins so well playing in that, that position that the Abbey usually occupies. He was... Nice and close to him, he timed his run well, got off him. The touch made it really, really bang on for him anyway. And his pass to Bailey is nice. Bailey's turn is perfect. And if the finish is there, his goal is just mesmerizing. If the finish on his right foot as well, if he's able to whip that just around Matt Ryan, this goal is perfect. Or even just give me eyes and pull it into the near, near post. But in a way, I'm sort of happy that Watkins got the goal and I'm happy that he got rewarded for following up from a ball that he laid off in his own half, just on halfway line. He, he just sprinted back into the box to get up to get up to speed on the Ossians that Leon Bailey misses. A, a fall nicely to him when he did. He got his reward. It's a good lesson. And, you know, we, we've said this before, but I was watching Watkins run into the box like that. And I thought, I know somebody who used to play with us who would not follow the ball up like that into the box. His name's Jack Ridge. Yeah, especially after he did something good as well, like the chest off. Yeah. And there's a lot of things in football that are underutilized, a lot of skills that are underutilized. And I don't think a lot of people realize you can pass the ball with your chest. It's not a difficult mm-hmm. skill at all to do. And uh, of all the people I know who play football, I think I'm one of the few people that actually do it. It's it's so underutilized. Nobody's ever really expecting you to do it. But can you throw your chest and your shoulder at the ball? And so many things about this goal reminded me of me, the, the chest off to Tielemans, Tielemans free ball and Bailey's shit finish in as well. <laughs> Bailey actually, the chop inside from Bailey's amazing. The best thing about that is it did not look at all like he was about to chop inside. His body shape was not not ready to, to yeah. have that chop and he somehow manages to manipulate his standing foot and his shooting foot to get it around the ball and pull it behind him. Such quick movement of his feet to get back onto the ball then. The finish isn't particularly good. Watkins 
does really well to calm it down as well to take a touch and to roll it in i mean we've seen a lot of aston villa players namely watkins and cash come on to chances like that and just drill them over the bar as the balls fall into them so he did really well to be calm there the fourth goal the fourth and final goal from an aston villa point of view yuri tillemans does really well again he's holding all the ball there's a lot of pressure he gets it out to kamara gets it to bailey this explosive then when Billy get going like that and bailey plays it into McGinn. They're all just bombing forward and McGinn with his left foot up. I call it a stand. He's at the near post and he stabs it in past Matt Ryan and yeah, just a nice a nice brick from the middle. He can't really score in many different ways. Yeah, it's brilliant from Tielemans again, like showing some fight. It was it was incredible and then having the the technical ability to while he's having the fight to poke it off to Kamara. Kamara's strong on the run, releases the ball at the perfect time. Bailey's on his bike. It was, it was, it's just brilliant to see Leon Bailey make that drive and run, and to just make the run to the byline as well. Not dicking around, knowing exactly what he's gonna do. Looks up, picks out his man, tells McGinn what to do, and McGinn does really well. Gets the ball on target, gives himself a chance. Um, and the the, the best thing about this goal, I was thinking, I actually thought John McGinn was dreadful again tonight. Being on the left really doesn't suit him, and he's not having a good European campaign. But he scored a goal after a driving run and a lovely little flick, and he gave a beautiful assist to Telemans. So it's hard to argue with really. I think this is a theme of McGinn, I'd say, over the last year, especially all their Emery. Sometimes come away thinking he hasn't played well. And, well, I would say Austin, he hasn't played well, but then we actually drill the fifth eight of all of the chances. Yeah, or, boy, do we like to drill down into the chances. <laughs> the number in there is creating chances, he's scoring goals. I don't know, I, I'd like to put a bit more pressure on Gilbig in there to get a few more goals. He's well capable of it when he scores. He scored in the last two European matches. We know he scored for Scotland. Yeah, it's kind of a very specific role. We're scoring enough goals. Maybe we don't need to put... I don't know, I'd like he... You know, we'll talk more about this later, but I'm going through my fantasy wildcard and I'm looking at I'm looking at Aston Villa off. McGinn just doesn't factor in your thinking whatsoever and that, that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't factor in my thinking either um, in, in that respect. But he, uh, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. He's playing a specific role. He is playing high enough up the pitch that you would expect him to score a lot of goals, but he's playing well for a team that is scoring four goals a game so I think I think we can not worry about it that much yeah. Alec Marr did get one back of course they did they were bloody brilliant tonight <laughs> we had a VAR check checking cash checking is cash playing <laughs> potential potential cash playing right back Cash is still playing. Check complete. Check complete. <laughs> they were looking the outside. They looked to see if Cash is playing right back. And Cash was playing right back. Playing everybody onside. And it's a ball in. Comes in. It ends up not the centre forward. He gets it. It's a reminder of the United goal against Man City. Not like that, but sort of reminder. And that gets a lovely finish. In fact, actually smacked it right into the only place Martinez couldn't get it to. But. But you know, you know there are some pundits looking at that thinking, yeah, high line. That's a, that's what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> well, it wasn't that fucking high, was it? Someone should tell Matt Cash for playing a high line. And I can see Spurs on the horizon. And I've been trying to tell you, you know, about Spurs, but I forgot about how much Saul loves playing against Aston Villa anyway. 
never mind this Aston Villa with this highlight. If Son wasn't playing football against Aston Villa the last time we played him, he was playing some sport. That he was playing five aside. He wasn't playing the actual fucking game of association football. He was playing no offsides. It was fucking ridiculous. But like, the worst thing about this Matt Cash one, I think this is the first time I've seen the camera angle from that side of the pitch. And Matt Cash is looking at the fucking camera as well. Like he's caught out. He's like, oh shit, they can see me playing the fucking whole world on side here. Swapped <laughs> I think the most annoying thing about this is it's not a fucking pass to Sadiq either. He's playing it to the centre forward. But then it's a great touch from Sadiq who takes over and it's a fucking lovely finish. Not much you can complain about there apart from Matt Cash. One more thing before we go, before we take a break. Martinez deserves a shout-out. I don't know what the award is, but I'll work on it. But just such a lovely pass he played. Because Martinez got enough, enough jip and he got enough fines for his passing, especially the pass out to the fullback, the crown the fullback's head. And this time you found Matt Cash. It was the 89th minute for Matt Cash. And look at him, soldier on in the, the depths of the 89th minute. And Martinez, instead of playing it over... The left winger's head towards Cash. Instead of trying to put it on top of Cash's crown or just hitting it straight out of play, he put it inside the left winger. It was whipped it inside, and Cash runs off to Cash's way. It was a lovely, lovely pass. Yeah, it was a gorgeous pass. Um, unfortunately, Martinus had the ball a bit too often for my taste. <laughs> so we had plenty of practice of kicking the ball. Okay, let's leave it there. We're going to come back with a few questions from the TDP question box. See after this. We're going to start with the thoughts of the Villa podcast. Maybe it was just because I really didn't want to fucking lose to Leeds United. The lifting up of Patrick Bamford with one hand, I did enjoy that because Patrick Bamford is an unlikable character and he's probably being a bit of a twat to Tyrone Mings all game. He's nothing like that either, is he? He's a real. He's like if you. He's an uh, unlikable character. Like one of he's put on a foot. Patrick Bamford can't skin you. It's, it's not. It's not. He's not that type of player. It's not any game. Somebody put on a foot there. I felt all the pain. I imagine I probably sound as much of a, a biased, one-eyed idiot. Block the fucking shot. It was a fucking disaster. I did quite enjoy the hopelessness of their their grief with it, though, as well. Looks like, oh, not that it fucking mattered anyway. Sure, we were beaten anyway. Not that it fucking mattered anyway. Villa was shite. Like, there's there's nothing but space. Leeds are going to be spanked a few times this season. Make no mistake about that. I mean. They're, they're really well coached, they're really aggressive, they're really adventurous, but the players are shit. <laughs> the, the key line is that we're, we're well coached um, and very aggressive, but our players are shit. They're not either. They're not shit. I mean, that was great. That did have everything. Only downside, those Bromley accents, though. <laughs> really go through you, don't they? Before we get to the TVP question box, I've got an award category, a new award category to go through. It's called the Robin Olsen Issue of the Week. <laughs> 
as in Robin Olsen is <laughs> I, I got it Jason Ward is nothing to do with Robin Olsen but it's just named after him it's it's something that's been on my mind and some people have reached out to ask about it as well Aston Villa are now on everybody's radar I don't know why it took this long and it was very frustrating that it did take this long even after we beat Brighton some people were just surprised that we give Brighton a good hammer and it, and it felt more like felt more like geez Brighton got a hammer in there uh, and let's move on and I think the title of our podcast that day was give Emery some respect <laughs> for God's sake we're like we were all happy to give it to Deserby where, where is it for Emery one year in the job absolutely flying now after the West Ham game something has switched in people's consciousness I think when you beat two of your supposedly closest rivals 10-2 in back-to-back home games that's going to happen when you beat West Ham and Brighton two strong teams absolutely hammered them that's going to happen so the media are noticing Villa now and people don't like it <laughs> and I don't feel great about it either I'm not going to lie <laughs> I'm not going to lie because what happens then is that your players start getting linked you know, Fabrizio Romano jumps on and says, everybody's monitoring Dougie Louise <laughs> because as well as Villa are going, it's more exciting to take some of their players now and put them around other clubs that we know more about. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm even talking about, I think I said this in the West Ham game, about the day you and I am leaves years down the track. But I know that's going to be that that's going to be shit. Like, this will never be better. Sporting Villa will never be better in any of our lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> what's going to happen in the next five years you see what I mean like here like why can't I just enjoy this why can't I enjoy us talking about the Champions League why can't I enjoy us finally getting the respect that made me so angry that we didn't get all of you we were just ignored for so long I had to tell people our players were actually good you're wrong I had to tell people for the first six months of Emery's reign <laughs> that Emery was actually good that Arsenal fans got it all wrong I had to go through his record at Arsenal they show them that it was actually it was better than Mikel Arteta's until Mikel Arteta's fourth season in the job but then you get wrong analysis as well. People are looking at your club and they're just talking shit about it. You know, they don't see it. They're, they're not putting in the time that we're putting in. They're not as invested <laughs> in it. And this is probably what most fans of all their clubs, bigger clubs or more more famous clubs right now, get all the time. And then you start getting new fans who, again, haven't been through the same shit as what we've been through. So my question to you, and this is the issue of the week, and this could be an issue of the rest of the season. How, how the hell do we deal with this? Well, what do we do about this? What do we do about the fact that we've gotten everything you've been whinging about all seasons? Give Emery some respect. <laughs> I don't know, Connor. I don't know. But I think you're right. Once Emery is gone, they'll all fucking notice us then. Definitely don't worry about that. It's hard to miss a fucking plane dropping out of the sky. Now, we'll all be the fucking passengers. We'll fucking, I don't know, Roberto Martinez up in the cockpit, stolen warnings blaring, low altitude lights flickering, and him just looking over blankly at Thierry Henry. And all he can do is gasp and put his hand on Roberto's thigh. And I say we'll all need some fucking oxygen dropping out of the ceiling as well to get us through the podcast. A couple of sick bags as well to get us through the match. I'm not sitting here watching Roberto Martinez play a 2-3-5 formation every week, Conan, and looking bewildered in this post-match press conference and we've lost 4-2 with our third week running. What the fuck? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the podcast after Emery goes. But you're right about the, you're right about the wrong analysis as well. And I know he's unbelievably compromised. And everyone else will know that now in a second as well. <laughs> Jamie Carragher during the Aston Villa West Ham game was at pains to point out 
how strong the Aston Villa bench was. He didn't look at the bench. Tielemans came on. And the up to now, forlorn Leon Bailey came on as well. But then I realised what he was doing. It took me a real to figure it out. He was trying to make Aston Villa sound better than they are because it couldn't possibly just be the fact that his best mate isn't the fucking manager anymore, that we've got somebody competent and now doing the job. He's mm. trying to play into this narrative that your fucking hero O'Neill was playing the week before as well, talking about Aston Villa having spent a lot of money because he spent fucking 80 million this summer. Um, and what and what Jamie Carragher doesn't realise as well, like if you look at our actual, if you look at our first team, Torres, Zaniola, Torres and Zaniola are the players that are in the starting, starting lineup, and Diaby, fair enough, Diaby is an upgrade. But Torres and Zaniola are replacing Mings and Ramsey. So that doesn't fucking explain his mate having a relegation battle with his team. Diaby doesn't take you from the fucking goal difference off relegation to the third best team in the fucking country. So Jamie Carrigan, he's sort of his analysis is what I'm saying. <laughs> so you're not happy about it, are you? <laughs> you've got me all fucking riled up. We just won 4-1. I was pissed off. You didn't need to give me this as well. I think we were in our sweet spot in 2020, 2021. There was was no fans even at the stadium. It just felt like nobody was watching us. (laughs) And we were going off on runs. We were getting four wins in a row and then, you know, getting put back in our place again. And then we can all complain about it. And then we can go off on another run and absolutely buzz off it. And Dean Smith and I was playing some good football. And then we'd be doing some stupid stuff for games on end until we eventually just get our mean of 11th place <laughs> where we were all we were all just happier <laughs> we were all happier i don't know i'm going to need to be worked up over the next few months but uh, hopefully hopefully i can get used to it hopefully i, I have to get used to it <laughs> i suppose that's the, that's the main point but i'm going to move on to the tvp question box so every midweek game we'll put out a question box on the wednesday uh, on our Instagram page, the Villa Podcast Show. If you're not following us there, get in touch with us over there. Love to hear from you. And we just put in the box and you can ask questions and we'll, we'll pick out some and, and, and go through them. We actually got a good suggestion for a sliding doors moment as well, but we'll we'll do that either on Sunday or next week. The first, the first message that we got through on the question box was from Kenny. Now, I put up a picture of Ollie Watkins to accompany this question box and Kenny replied I want you score tomorrow Ollie Watkins <laughs> Kenny's a man who knows what he wants Connor. <laughs> so I don't know if he knows that that wasn't sent to Ollie Watkins but he got what he wanted anyway so I'm happy for Kenny Mitchell got in touch second second message first question what's the current drop off rate <laughs> I'm not answering that Mitchell it's a dig at the podcast drop off rate Thomas Asked this now, like this, this, like I know in another scenario you would think I'm I'm trying to rally up and I'm 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 laboring a joke here. Thomas had asked thoughts on the Man City travel gear, please. This, this is not me trying to make make funny of a fashion segment. This actually is a talking point. I don't know if you saw Man City rocking up for their European game against Young Boys. Yes, I opened the WhatsApp message you sent me. Come on, come on! Like they're wearing, they're wearing cardigans. Like it's not even Letterman jackets; it's cardigans. I've never seen a Letterman jacket in a cardigan form, and not only that, I've never seen a Letterman jacket with, with th- their name and number at the back. 
They look like honestly, it looks like someone I would wear. It looks like someone I would go into pull and bear and pick out and think, "Oh, cool! It's got a number on it. I'll I'll, I'll wear that. That that'll make me look cool." And they're wearing this. To, like they're wearing it in unison. They're wearing their names at the back of the cardigans, and they're all wearing it coming off the bus, going into a European match. And on top of that, they're wearing it on top of these baggy jeans. It looks like remember Wu Tang jeans? It reminds me of those the big flary baggy jeans that we all went into in, in the early we all went into one peril <laughs> <laughs> well thoughts on them well, I, I assume Mitchell was actually asking about the rate that I drop off to sleep whenever you're fucking talking to me but like, this, is the, this is the weird thing when, whenever you're travelling the whole purpose is to feel comfortable it's hard to imagine how anyone could feel comfortable when they're being paraded around like a fucking twat Sorry, just on that, I don't. I don't want to give. I don't want to give the impression, and I'm one of these people who feels feels the need to change my attire when I'm traveling or for a flight. Did you ever see these lads getting on an airplane and they're dressed like they're going to fucking bed, going to bed in a cold bed sit, like you know, wearing wearing a pair of jersey shorts and an oversized t-shirt? Sorry, I, I, don't, I don't know why I felt the need to clarify they're going to bed in a cold room there. Like heaven forfend, someone find out that I sleep in my cacks. But you know these lads and. and and this could be an hour-long flight to London at one o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon and they're wearing a pair of shorts and a t-shirt that they're going to have to get changed out of once they land in the fucking city. Airplanes aren't that uncomfortable and neither are fucking jeans. <laughs> uh, didn't know airplanes would be the one you would come for. Just, or, or sorry, the, the one that you would defend. Didn't know you would come for anybody slagging off an airplane. This, this could be an hour-long podcast, actually, you know, that we get going on this. The What's your thoughts on shorts on, on airplanes? <laughs> JC asked on Instagram, what's Liam's tip for an FPL differential oh this week? <laughs> he, he has given you a suggestion to see what your thoughts are Harry Maguire at 4.2 million and I have to say Liam you'll laugh at me I have looked at it <laughs> I have looked at Harry Maguire at 4.2 million it's a good price I'm not going to lie it's it's a very good price and I had a feeling he was going to score soon I just didn't want them to to waste it all up in a Famous one nil home victory over Copenhagen. What's that? Harry Maguire four point two million brain cells. Is it? That's that's sorry. That's a low <laughs> amount of brain cells. By the way, just to clarify. <laughs> uh, my my FPL buy low, sell high. You know. <laughs> for, for, for this week, for this week, my my top tip is: I think everyone should focus on players they think will get them the most points. Particularly, try to identify players and others won't have picks so that you can you can get more points than those other people who are playing. Think about players who might score or get an assist at the weekend. That'd be my top oh, That That's actually very good. You know what we should do? We should... I don't know if we need to make a separate account or just do, like, you know, FPL tips coming from this account, but we should make up those serious social media images. So have that quote from you. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> Liam has his say on FPL Game Week 10. And it's by the players who will get you the most points. <laughs> but I, I, I'm actually, to be honest, if anybody thinks Man United have a chance against Man City, then do go for Harry Maguire because because that seems to be the only chances they're creating. At the moment. Like you said after the Brentford game, they need to lean into this hoofball. And you were fucking right. Yeah. It's working and it'll probably be the route to success against Man City as well. So yeah, go nuts. Like it, 
flying by the seat of their pants. Like they were one nil down. What ninety fourth minute they were one nil down against Brentford at home, and then two balls in. Scott McTominay gets on the end of two of them, and they win. They win two one, and then the next game against Sheffield United, McTominay scores again. <laughs> McTominay scores again. They, they start him. He does lean into it. He thinks, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I, I need to play him. McTominay scores, and Dallow scores. A goal that he'll never score again in his life. It's just, just a 30-yard wonder into the top corner. Postage stamp stuff. Lovely finish. And then the next game against Copenhagen. Harry Maguire gets his big slab head on it. Lovely header. Puts the ball into the back of the net. And Onana saves a penalty. It's mad. Like, they've gotten three victories in a row. But, my God, they have not turned a corner. It's, it's They are limping along. And it's fucking October. It's, it's, <laughs> Jay also asked which three Aston Villa players are am I including in my FPL wildcard? I don't know why everybody knew you was going to play me wildcard, but you, you probably I, I, talked I, about I, it. I, I'm not sure if you have, but I'm sure other people are more. I hope other people are more interested in this segment as the show, as our man would call it. <laughs> I wasn't going to go with three Aston Villa players, but now I am thinking. About, Just fucking about, private about, message, Jay. I've got the Abbey and Watkins all season. And I can't lose Diaby right now. I need Diaby to start getting more FPL points. Playing really well in general. But I need him to get, get a bit more selfish on me. And I, I might put Pau Torres in. Now, the, the issue that I have, just in the interest of full disclosure, is I want to get Saka in because the fixtures are turning. And the reason I'm wildcarding is to get on to the fixture turns. Arsenal players, Arsenal have the best fixtures. So I need to get on to it. And if I get Saka in, though, I need to lose Alvarez and Trippier. But if I do that, then I can get a better bench or a better, a few more options. And Pau Torres might be one of them. But do I want three Villa players? I, I know that couldn't have been easy for you, Conan. So I do really appreciate you giving us that full disclosure. <laughs> I'll let you know. Uh, Paul asked, would you welcome Grealish back to Villa? To what, the whole end? I wouldn't. I wouldn't take this Jack Reilly's back. I mean, he's broken. Like yeah. Man City didn't spend a hundred million quid for this player. He's twenty nine at the start of next season. Would I spend fifty million to take him back? I mean, uh, Leon oh. Leon Bailey already has more goals this season. This season than Jack Reilly's managed in fifty games last year. Oh, blah, 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 but he does other things apart from scoring. Like rolling the ball back to Aki isn't something to be proud of. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing as an out-and-out winger Jack for a fucking team who won the treble score a fucking goal he cost a hundred million quid <laughs> cost a hundred million quid and Bertie T has more majors than you this season Bertie T mm. but, but anyway I still think we do need forward players he's probably a better and similar option to Buendia and you know would fulfill a very similar role there he, he gives you an option to either rest JJ or Diaby 50 million quid for that though I don't know yeah, I, I, it's funny. I would welcome him back, but when you say fifty million, I'm like, oh, and, and that that really sums up, I suppose, what he's been doing the last. The last I guarantee, years. I guarantee, yeah. if you type Jack Grealish into Google now, the first fifteen messages will be about him wearing a fucking cardigan. <laughs> because if if he was never at Villa, and the talk was the Villa going to sign this this player for Man City. <laughs> The only reason you'd be excited is because you're signing a player from Man City, but it's still a bit more unknown. It would remind me of the, those those 
United players that Everton bought down through the years just buying them because they're playing for United, so they must be good. Sunderland bought a load of them. Yeah, as we well. had we, never we had a wee tip into the Tom Cleverly market as well ourselves, kind of. <laughs> Gemma Gemma, don't forget <laughs> that. The, um, yeah, I, I would buy him. It would be interesting to see because he's not he's, he's not going to play. He's not going to play out wide for Emery in this system, doing the job that Emery needs him to do. I th- did we talk about this before? Maybe we talked about it off air, but I, I, I was saying that he, he, he would have to be playing in Diaby's position, but, you know, I don't know if it's I... It's not a stretch, the, the but, opposition, the same way Diaby can. Yeah, I don't know if I want them playing in Diaby's position, especially because Diaby's my fun. <laughs> 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 but, but, yeah, but, like, he probably would play well there. I don't know, maybe maybe let those two figure out. You fight it out let's, there now, or two record signings. To, to let's find team. out who's better, Jack Grealish or Diaby, Jack Grealish or Jacob Ramsey. The, the, problem for, the problem for Aston Villa now is that to improve the first 11 we have, is gonna, it's, it's a big ask for most of the positions. It's a big ask to, to make that improvement, and it's a big, big player you need to get. So it's, it is going to be tricky. So it's going to be a lot about signing players of the same quality. Yeah. Well, that's actually bringing us on very nicely to the next question, which is the third last question from the magician. (laughs) He said, take Arsenal City, Spurs and Liverpool. You can swap out one of their players with one of our starters to make a better team. Who are you doing? And he's also asking, (laughs) are there anybody that would actually improve our team? Because it is like we are at that impasse now where it's like, who are you taking out? The team is very evenly balanced in terms of quality. Jack Grealish from Man City, anyway. So, so sorry, we have to <laughs> we have to take one from each team, and we have to get them into our starting eleven. I think his question is: your own, you can take one from all four yeah. teams. Like, so, sorry, I mean one player, one one player in total, and you can take your pick from Arsenal, City, Spurs, Liverpool. No, maybe maybe it's one each team. Let's, let's do one each team. Yeah, because that, that'll make it harder, actually, because it's, it's way easier to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Haaland and play him alongside Watkins, and I'll move Diaby to the wing. <laughs> yeah, let's do one from each team, then. So, can can Haaland or Son do everything that Watkins can do, Con? I don't know if they can. <laughs> so, so, obviously... I'm not getting rid of Watkins, no. So, so, obviously, what we're looking for here is the biggest differential. So, you know, is... Is, oh. is Rodri a bigger upgrade over Kamara than Haaland is over Watkins and so on? I mean, like the area, the area of the pitch that you'd have to assume would have the biggest potential for that is left back. But I, I have no interest in whatever centre half Pep is offering me for left back. Like so, Son, <laughs> Son's the only Spurs player I have any interest in, and I'm not playing him at left back. Imagine, imagine Tierney wearing the Aston Villa jersey, fucking tucked on the short tree day of fucking heat exhaustion because of the sweat. <laughs> would have nowhere to go. Shinchenko, Charles have given the team talk, so I don't need him going out and confusing everyone by getting them in the huddle. And I obviously can't have Robertson because I need to have Salah. Yeah. Salah. Or like, see, Trent's another option, but like uh, Salah probably. Nah, no, like Salah hits thirty goals and fifteen assists every year, Connor. Um. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got it. I've got it. Right. Right. Front three. Three? You're changing our formation already? Yeah. Front okay. three. Salah, Haaland, Son. 
midfield three JJ, Kamara, Dougie. Back okay. four, Konza, Torres, Mings, and Bukaya Saka at left back, just like Emery wanted five years ago. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. He's played there for England enough times as well. Only <laughs> <laughs> he's done it right back, but. Yeah, what about could I tempt you with Rodri? Oh no, you can't see Rodri. Haaland's playing for City. <laughs> I think the only reason I don't like what you're saying is because you're getting rid of Watkins. Yeah, and I and I fought that mouth. I fought that mouth. I know you're right, but I think I think you have to go back to that question: Is Rodri more? Is Rodri better than Kamara? More than Haaland is better than Watkins? Diaby. Um, or Diaby. Yeah. 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 We could take Declan Rice from Arsenal, but we have to take Saka. Declan Rice? Why are you mentioning that? Like, if I just ask, is Rodri, is Rodri a bigger upgrade on Kamara? <laughs> I forgot. I forgot you had this Declan Rice thing. Um, all right, let's let's move on. That's a good, very good question, though, from the magician. <laughs> Mark, Mark asked this question for the podcast. If you and Liam had the choice as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, would you choose Villa to win the Champions League? Or Ireland to win the World Cup, bearing in mind that you are in attendance in the stadium at the winning final. Answer as honestly as you can. Mark doesn't want any fucking. <laughs> I don't. I don't would give me greater pleasure than seeing Shane Duffy holding the World Cup trophy above his head. I mean, you know, the, the, any, <laughs> anything the, other than holding a fucking football above his head to take a throw in while the game is ongoing thirty yards up the pitch. That <laughs> this is the problem I was thinking about it because it's so hard to imagine <laughs> Ireland, Ireland being competitive, never mind being a World Cup winning team. And then, like, imagine how you feel about Villa right now. It's just like, it's the best thing that's going on in my life. But <laughs> you got married Ireland, a month ago. <laughs> if, Ireland, if Ireland were really good, it would change. I remember the day Ireland beat Germany in 2015. I remember. The next morning, walking into work, feeling like there was something there. You know, people were people were just going to work. It was a Thursday morning, and it was just it, it, I just felt six foot tall, having just watched <laughs> six foot tall. <laughs> I felt I felt shorter than I am. <laughs> it felt like everybody knew there was some sort of magic that that just happened, and we all felt better about ourselves as a country. But like. It's, you see, you said she went straight to Shane Duffy there to imagine. Like, it's, it's not, you can't, because when you say that, it just makes me think, ah, oh, fuck off. I'm not watching, not watching that team. But if you're telling me there's actually a team out there that's going to beat France, England, Spain, whoever, like Brazil, Portugal, then suddenly I'm a bit more, a bit more of that. Couldn't, couldn't think of the World Cup champions are coming Argentina. <laughs> Yeah, the, then it's a completely different ballgame, and then my feelings towards that team over the year building up to it as well would be different. Like I think I, I would go for, I think I would go for Ireland to win the World Cup. And again, it's hard because I, I was thinking about this genuinely, and you know, say same when Villa win a match. Like I, I, I still have, I don't really use TV. I just use plugging my laptop into the TV, and one of the 
tabs it's still open it's just the highlights of villa beating west ham <laughs> you know just just there because i want to i just haven't pressed x on it I, I go back and i watch the watch all the highlights i watch all the clips i i get annoyed when the villa account isn't posting every two <laughs> seconds even though i get really pissed off when they are posting after we lose <laughs> It, it, it feels like it takes over more of your week you know day to day week on week aston villa does but like ireland sort of changes the the whole country like we we weren't really present for the 1990 world cup but the 2002 world cup we were and some of your fondest memories in are just you know getting a draw against germany in a group match being at school watching it jumping up and down together and and everybody's together like you know especially now living maybe i'd feel different if i was living over in birmingham as well but if you're living surrounded by everybody supporting the same team i just think it's hard to hard to compete yeah with. turning up 15 minutes late to your history gcse just in case just in case <laughs> saudi arabia right. sneak one back a team that had just lost the previous <laughs> game eight no I remember you doing that it was in the morning we were watching that in the house and it was like what 7 in the morning or something the game was starting and it's a 20 minute walk down to school <laughs> but yeah like nothing would give me greater pleasure than seeing Shane Duffy holding the World Cup trophy above his head just so I could see everyone else going how has this happened? <laughs> <laughs> alright last one this is this has gone over again I keep promising people a shorter yeah, podcast me. to drop off the drop-off rate is about to kick in for Chris's final question. The ultimate dinner party guest from any form of sport. Jesus Christ. Get so strap yourselves guess. in. Do not drop off. It's a full table. I, I, I've put down five people, but I, I, I put down five people. <laughs> but I need them because as I was putting them down, I was like, this is a shite dinner party. <laughs> Why can't I, why can't I think of anybody good to invite? And literally, Chris has given me the option of anybody in the world, and I can't do it. I can't do it. I used to. I remember doing this years ago, and I remember I had Lance Armstrong on it. I had Lance Armstrong, and I had a GA manager who's now managing Derry. And you know, it's just like, especially now that I work in the GA in Ireland, it's just like these people are just they're just normal people. They're just like you and me. Just, it comes down to sort of who would I be really starstruck by or who would I really want at that table to pick their brains with and I'll just give you my five and then we can get yours but I've, I've got you and I Emery straight straight away and genuinely would love to sit down for dinner with that man I think it'd be a bit of crack as well I've got Gareth Barry <laughs> because, because I really want to know what he's getting up to since he retired it's the most intriguing story in world sport Gareth Barry has just disappeared off into enjoy his life and I really how often do you just wonder I wonder what Gareth Barry is doing right now honestly at least twice a week (laughs) twice a week I go on his Wikipedia page look at his Wikipedia page to see if anyone said Gareth Barry is currently squeezing an orange (laughs) it's like it's like the I'm sort of sad that I don't see him anymore but I think I think I'm mostly am happy it's great he's not making a mug of himself as a pundit he's not making a mug of himself as a manager just disappears drinking a coffee somewhere. He's probably just made good investments when he was making a shitload of money. He's just sitting back enjoying the fruits of his labor. And I, I just, I get a wee smile. It reminds me of the end of Goodwill Hunting when Ben Affleck realizes that Matt Damon's not there. He's sad, yeah. but but he's ultimately very happy why, for him. And he why are you inviting him to dinner then? 
Because what I want to see what he's up to. Like, what if he turns out to be a plonker? What if he turns out? To, what if he turns up to dinner with his fucking daughter's toenail stuck in between his teeth? You know, like you, you don't you don't want these people to have careers after after they've retired. Um, well, I've got Roy Keane as well. I don't know if he's a bit played out now, but he's good crack, and he's still got that mystique around him, even though he's so prevalent in the media. Because he doesn't. I feel like I would need to know that Roy Keane's not allowed to leave this dinner party. He's locked in for three hours because I want them to get real sometime. Like, I want them to actually take down his walls and talk properly. And I feel like I could be the person to get that out of him. <laughs> I've got Sylvester Stallone there as well because of Rocky. What? <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we counting writing films as a sport? <laughs> I've got Phil Jackson, coach of LA Lakers and Chicago Bulls. I've read a couple of his books. They're very good. I wanted a, I wanted another coach in there. I was going to put a couple of runners. I don't know enough runners like it's because I'm into running now, but I just really want to sit down with a runner. And and then and then I stumbled across another Unai Emery quote that really brought the whole Phil Jackson thing together. This this is just brilliant. Remember you said before that Unai Emery is like somebody concocted the perfect manager to make me happy. <laughs> Unai Emery just came out with, before joining Villa, I watched The Last Dance and a Kobe Bryant documentary <laughs> to help my English. <laughs> Not only is that brilliant, I was inspired because the message was practice, practice, practice. 70% of your life every day is thinking about football. We know that's not true. It's way more. <laughs> and how to give confidence to your players. And then this one is just for you, Liam. City, Arsenal, and Leicester, three painful defeats. <laughs> I said, no, this can't go on. They got the message. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. The way you're thinking there, I mean, at the start of what you were saying there, sorry, not that the last five minutes was a waste of time and no one's listening now anyway, as you'd like to point out. But <laughs> I love sport, but the two sports that I love the most are Gaelic football and association football. See if I didn't uh, offend anybody there. But <laughs> I don't think I don't think I could possibly just, for an ultimate dinner party, pick somebody from the GA because that could just happen. I could end up having somebody from the GA that I really respect tomorrow. So it has to be all football people, but it's not going to be a footballer, is it? It just I just can't trust them until I've seen them going into management that I know they're not an idiot. I'm not sitting down having dinner with a fucking idiot, Conan. And there's too many of them, and I don't like I don't like the percentages here. There's too many of them who have revealed themselves to be idiots. So I'm going to stick with managers, and I'm going to go with Unai Emery. I'm going to go with Jurgen Klopp. I'm going to go with Pep Guardiola just to see what happens at that dinner table with me, Pep, and Jurgen there. And I'm going to go with Alex Ferguson as well because I really want to know just how out of touch he is. That would give me a degree of pleasure. That's a good one. That's a good one. I wonder, I wonder, is he? I, he was famously always keeping up to date with everything, but um, I wonder, is he? Yeah, stop wondering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good... So you've got Fergie, Pep Guardiola... You and I, Emery, and Jurgen Klopp, and yourself. Yeah. And I've got Emery, Barry, Keane, Sylvester Stallone, and Phil oh, Jackson. Oh my god, you couldn't pay me to go to your dinner. That's good. Fair play to you. That, that would be good. That would be good to watch. Thank you very much for listening. 
Really appreciate it as always. Share it on if you haven't done so already. And we will be back on Sunday or Monday. Monday's a bank holiday in Ireland, so get used to it. We, we might be back on Monday, but I'll let you know on the old Twitter feed. So follow us on Twitter <coughs> if you're not already. The Villa Podcast. We will we will confirm then. Maybe it'll be Sunday. Who knows? Might even surprise you. But as I promised the last time, we will endeavour to get it ready for your Monday morning commute. I should stop doing that. I should stop making those promises. But hopefully we do have it ready for then. Ah, I'm doing it again, aren't I? <laughs> I'm just not being clear. I'm just I'm just not ripping the band-aid and saying it's going to be out on Monday because I genuinely don't know. It might be recorded on Sunday. I'll let you know on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for it. All right, see, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop recording right now. See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.